The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. We all know that children can get hurt, right? (laughs) I'm talking about the kind of hurt that lasts, and that is when a child is put down, when they are told that they won't amount to anything, be it a teacher, a parent, a caregiver, whatever. If a child is put down, those negative thoughts can remain with them forever, unless they're challenged. And in fact, they can really interfere with the quality of life. So they must be challenged. My next guest suffered from this kind of mental abuse. And it did affect him well into adulthood until he took control of his life and changed things around. So it is my great pleasure to introduce you to Jesson Bucci and to his remarkable story on Inspire Us. Hello, Justin, and welcome to Inspire Us. Hey, thanks, Paul. Happy to be here. Always a pleasure hearing you and now seeing you. <laughs> yeah, to give a little context to all our listeners out there, Justin and I met a few weeks ago on this popular application called Clubhouse. And it is, it's a great honor to have him on. It's a great pleasure. Justin's always spoken with love and passion, and he gives love and passion and the more I listen to your story, sir, you, you didn't have it easy for several years. Would you mind sharing your personal story with our listeners? Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I would be um, happy to. First, I just want to take a breath. And uh, I like to take a breath now before I speak because it helps me to recenter myself and be present in the moment and be present with God, the universe, whatever your conception is. And it's a way to drop from your head to your heart. So People always ask me, you know, why do I pause and take a breath before I speak? And so that is the reason why. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm going to take you back to my early days. <laughs> so I grew up in a divorced family. Uh, parents split when I was two, year, two years old, and I was thrown in the middle. I grew up with a mentally and verbally abusive stepfather who used to tell me that I would never amount to anything, that I'm a loser, I don't have a chance, be quiet, sit still, shut your mouth. And I started to believe it, you know, I fell into depression, uh, had suicidal tendencies. I remember hating myself at such a young age and uh, thinking I wasn't good enough. So I I always kept quiet and uh, I was really shy and reserved. You know, as a kid growing up, I never really wanted to speak. You know, I didn't think I was smart or intelligent. I remember one time I was hospitalized for suicide. I, um, I had actually planned to take my life one day because I just couldn't handle the pressure and the abuse. You know, it was really overwhelming, you know, especially at a young age as a kid, like, you know, you just really don't have any tools and you don't know how to process all this stuff, you know, and you think that there's something wrong with you. Um, but, you know, something inside of me, you know, said to me, just hold on. And so I did. And then uh, as I got older, 
I was very negative and never really applied or tried in school because I thought I was dumb, you know, because of all the, all the things that I was being told when I was a kid and growing up. So naturally I gravitated towards uh, drugs and alcohol to find a way to escape these feelings and thoughts and suppress them. And I fell in with the wrong crowd. I ended up going to jail and getting, uh, getting arrested with a felony. Um, on top of that, I decided against going to college because I really didn't have the confidence or belief in myself. I always thought something was wrong with me. Um, so here I am with a felony, no college education, um, no belief or confidence in myself. So I went to go live with my mom to try to escape the trouble and get ahead from getting arrested in New At the time I was living in New Jersey, my mom lived in New York. Um, so I decided to leave New Jersey because that's when I got my felony and I wanted to put that crowd and that life behind me um, and change the environment. So when I moved, um, I was living now, the environment was changed, but it, the circumstances weren't changed. So now I was living with my abusive stepfather. And once again, I fell into the wrong crowd and I ended up drinking and I would drink every weekend. And then it got to a point where I would drink every day because I just didn't care about my life. I didn't care about driving and drinking. I didn't care about dying or anything like that. Just really, I really had dis a disregard for life. So I would drive drunk and I ended up one night driving drunk. And I remember I dropped the keys to my car. And as soon as I uh, pick up the keys, I started, you know, scratching the door to try to get the keys in. And I, I thought that if I could, that's a, it's a tough memory, but I remember getting into the car and saying to myself, if I can just get home, you know, everything will be okay. So I rolled down the windows for the cool, cold wind to hope to keep me awake. I blasted the music thinking that would help. And as I was driving, <clears throat> I remember that I just, one, one instance I was driving and another instance I completely blacked out and I smashed into a pole, I flipped upside down. And I remember the car sliding upside down. And once it finally stopped, I unbuckled my seatbelt, fell to the roof and crawled out the broken window. And I got out and I stood outside, uh, looked at my car upside down. And I was, you know, at that moment, I knew something had to change. And I knew that something was different. You know, I was just, I had only a scratch on me. I, you know, I, if there was somebody with me in the passenger side, they would have been killed or critically injured. Um, and I only had a scratch, you know, I was miraculously uninjured. Um, so I decided from that moment to cut ties with everyone I was surrounding myself with and educate myself in books about self-help and personal development. <clears throat> you know, I kept reading and reading and I hated reading in school. I never took it seriously, but this time I was serious about turning my life around. So I literally became obsessed, you know, with uh, self-help and motivation. I was so determined to get rid of these negative thoughts that seemed, you know, it would never leave me. It was just always there. Um, and I didn't believe in myself, you know, or thought I could change. But I knew that I, I just, if I just could drown out all that negativity with these books and audios, that maybe one day the noise would go away or the volume would turn down. And uh, as I was doing that, I decided to move into a basement apartment with my brother. Um, and this place was dirty. It was cold. It had a kitchen floor sinking in. 
that we put a table over. So if anyone came over, we wouldn't feel embarrassed. Um, ants infested the kitchen. It had a bad odor. But I was happy, you know, to be in my own privacy and away from that verbal abuse from my uh, stepfather. And as I was reading and learning, I was working in a supermarket as a stock boy. Um, you know, I remember feeling sorry for myself because I thought I was smart. I mean, I started, you know, as I was reading these books and audios, I started to think, no, hey, you know, maybe I am smart. Maybe I'm capable of something, you know, to have a better future and a better life. Um, and at that time, I was living paycheck to paycheck. I've never taken a vacation or left the state of New York. I was making about 200 bucks a week and eating pretty much ramen noodle every day because that's all I could afford. I really couldn't afford to eat anything. So it was always ramen noodles or pasta. Um, and, I, and I never took a vacation. I was always living paycheck to paycheck. And uh, it got to a point where I just cried and I begged God to help me find a way out. I spoke to my mom and uh, I told her. And she said that, you know, her friend's son was working in Wall Street. So I put it off for about a week and then I couldn't take it anymore. I was uh, feeling and thinking suicidal thoughts again. It started to come up. I was getting overwhelmed. So I said, to, you know, I need to do something or I, I might end up, you know, hurting or killing myself. So I reached out and I called him and uh, he said, you know, Justin, if you apply yourself and work hard, you can earn 75000 a year. And to me, I was like, wow, like, I've never heard that kind of money. You know, I was making 15000 a year at best, and I had a felony, no college education, and I had no belief in myself or confidence, but I did trust him and I did believe him. So I said, you know, just get me an interview, please. And I remember praying to God saying, you know, if this is where I'm supposed to go, I'll trust you. And if not, I'll trust you too. So I just let it in his hands, let him to be the, the one to determine the fate of my future. Um, so I let go and let him take over. And I remember going to that office with $300 left in my bank account. I didn't have any money. I was working paycheck to paycheck and I literally only had $300. And I was so afraid and embarrassed that uh, they would find out about my felony, uh, but they did. And I spoke the truth about that and they let me in. So it didn't hold me back. You know. They, they respected that I was honest and I told the truth about that because <clears throat> my father always my father always told me you know honesty is the best policy like if you tell the truth you don't have to hide you know and you'll never be found out because all you're doing is telling people the truth so I really kept that ingrained in me um, and I remember as I was training you know I had to travel two hours back and forth and it got to a point where I was running out of money as I mentioned I only had three hundred dollars so I was about to quit and tell them that I can't work there because I was embarrassed to ask for help you know I was uh, I just didn't want to ask for help um, but something inside of me said you know call your friend because I remembered I had a friend who lived in the city and I called him and then I ended up couch surfing at his apartment for two weeks um, and then as I was doing that I finally got on my first sales call and I remember my knees were shaking. My words were fumbling because I had no experience. I was a stock boy. I had no professional experience of sales or anything like that. So on my first sales call, my knees were shaking. Uh, my words were fumbling and uh, I ended up closing, closing my first deal. And um, first person I ever spoke to on the phone, I closed them as a one call close. And uh, for me, that was, uh, that was the defining moment. Uh, where I realized that, you know, hey, like, maybe I am good at this, maybe there's something more to me. And that gave me the validation and confidence. And I ran with that feeling. And I put my head down and I worked my ass off. 
and then that's when I met um, that's when I met my buddy Danny, uh, Danny Skulls. Just mm -hmm. a, it was an, an amazing person. He was my manager, and he became my mentor. And he saw something in me, and he took me under his wing, and we had an instant connection. He would host these weekly trainings on mindset and sales. And um, so I'd always attend them. And he really helped me a lot. And, uh, you know, the next three weeks um, at the end of the month after, you know, under his uh, mentorship and working there, I had everyone come up to me and wondering, you know, who the hell was this new guy? People kept saying that I was lucky. It would never last. I'm not good. But I put my head down and I ignored it. And I ended the month at, a, I remember, you know, uh, 1.864 million in sales. And I became the top sales rep in the entire company. And I went on to do that for three years consecutively every single month. Wow. So I just laughed in my head. And I would tell myself, you know, like luck, huh? And uh, <laughs> I remember Danny pulling me into his office and showing me my first commission check of $12,000. You know, I made $12,000 my first month. And, um, and he and, and he knew where how much I was making where I came from so it was a big deal for me you know because I never thought in my life you know I never in my life thought that was even possible like to be honest um, but now things became possible and I believed in myself more so within six short months from working there I ended up moving into a new apartment in New York City leaving that basement behind and I thought I had made it you know that this is what sex success was about this is what it feels like. Now I was making, uh, you know, I went from making 15,000 a year to 150,000 a year. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and that's a, that's a major jump, you know, somebody making, you know, barely any money, you know, 15,000 a year to 150,000 a year is, 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 a, is a very big deal. Um, so that's why I thought, you know, cause that's, you know, I was like, wow, I made it. So I was running a sales team. Um, I was managing a sales team. And towards the end of my three years, I began to think that, you know, there was more to life. So I decided to quit. You know, I really just quit. I was like, you know what, I'm going to quit. And at, the, at that time, my friend told me about this business he wanted to start. So he convinced me to join. And a long story short is that um, I went through all of the money that I had saved at that, at that company, which was so $100,000. So I, now I had lost hundred thousand dollars and i ran into credit card debt of about thirty thousand so now i'm back to square one um and and i i went to go and move to the philippines to find myself and reset my mind because i was just so embarrassed and you know i had everything and i lost everything kind of mentality mm -hmm. i felt that shame and embarrassment and uh, i was broken you know so i lived in the philippines for a year i went there and i traveled around and I learned about poverty and seeing the kids there made me think about how to appreciate life and simple things and seeing them treat each other with such hospitality made me open my eyes. So I ended up coming back after a year with this newfound knowledge and I learned to enjoy the simple things, to heal my relationships, to appreciate the small things, not take anything for granted. So now where I'm at is I'm living in Maui, Hawaii um, and what seem, some people would call paradise I ended up married to a girl I once lost, but now got back together. So four years ago, we used to date in New York. We lived together, but during my alcohol and drug addiction, uh, I ruined that relationship. Four years later at today, now we're married and I'm sober two years and, um, I'm, and uh, I'm creating a nonprofit for children in the Philippines, which 
which is still in the works and I'm, and I'm, and I am some, I'm very passionate about helping the children in the Philippines. Um, and I'm also, pro, you know, providing the necessary tools for other entrepreneurs to build their confidence, gain clarity, fight imposter syndrome and create a passion based business and grow their business around their coaching expertise. And I'm just really here to serve and help and love others. And I appreciate being on this uh, podcast with you, Paul, my wonderful, amazing friend, and I love you. And that's my story. So thank you. Justin, I love you too. And you have touched on so many things. I would like to, uh, to applaud you for your, your journey. Um, not the tough things, but the wonderful things that life has taught you and how you got past them. So I applaud you for where you are right now and for your attitude in life. How old were you when you first had suicidal thoughts and, and how did you get over that? That's a great question. Um, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's hard to remember the age and the, and the time, but in estimation, I will say, um, let me see, I was around, I want to say 15, maybe 14, 15 in my teens. Yeah. And the reason I asked that question is because I was speaking recently uh, with uh, a friend of mine whose son is around 16 and is struggling from the same thing. So I know that that does happen. And these days, or way back when, I mean, people struggle with everything. And it's amazing that you got through. The, uh, when you took us through the, uh, the car accident uh, and how you were just scratched as a result of that uh, accident, but that was a a real eye opener for you. I thought uh, that number one, thank God you're alive. You know, there, there was a reason why God spared you. And you really got into the self-help with nobody's instruction. Your stepfather being the one who just kept putting you down and telling you that you are not going to amount to anything. I know what that's like. I've experienced that myself. And to find that pivot point where we just take the responsibility for our own lives onto our own shoulders and do that. Uh, and that's what you did. But you also ran into some other trouble later and found yourself in the Philippines. I think that is an incredible story uh, to share. And thank you. Right now, what you're doing for the children, or what you will be doing for the children of the Philippines is extraordinary. And uh, I wish you every success with that because Yes, when we see that with our very own eyes, for me, it was in Jordan. And when you see the poverty, but the fact that they are so hospitable and so happy, and why is it that we are not here? You know, and that's a question when I got back from uh, Jordan, having spent a year there, I wondered why we didn't have that kind of love and, and appreciation. Not that we don't, but not on the scale that I saw back then. And it made me appreciate the things in life. Yes. Uh, with your experience, and I know that you share this on Clubhouse so much, there are a lot of our listeners out here who are struggling and perhaps in financial debt. And uh, what would you recommend for them to, to do, um, even in, in a mindset type of coaching, um, what, would you, what would you recommend for people to do if they're struggling right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, what I will say is that you know, people who are struggling, like I struggled with all this negativity and stuff is that you really need to look for the silver lining in life. Like you really need to. And what I mean by looking for the silver lining is that 
look for something that you can look forward to, you know, because if you can set your sight on something and you have something to look forward to, it will bring you joy and peace. And it can be as simple as going to the movies, going on a date, going to the supermarket, going to the restaurant, going to the beach, going to vacation, going to see a friend, going to see a family member. And the reason for that is because your mind, it creates this, um, these endorphins and dopamine where you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, like, hey, I'm looking forward to it now, you know? So it's like, oh, like, I have something to be grateful for to look for, or look forward to. Because oftentimes we will find ourselves depressed and anxious because we get into a place where we just think about our lives in the aspect of I'm not where I want to be or I have all this debt and I have all these things. And then it's and it's creating this pressure on us because it's like you have to conquer the world in one day. But, you know, obviously Rome isn't built in one day. And neither are we, you know, we're built over the course of our life and we're continuing to be built and grown. So once we set that intention and focus on, you know, what can I uh, look forward to? What's, my, what's the thing I'm aiming at? What's my target? And for me, it's, it's always been um, helping other people, right? So if I can drop from my head into my heart and think to myself, like, okay, like I'll give you an example for today, for my own life, and this is happening today. Mm -hmm. Like I can be depressed today or I can be happy, you know, and you get to a place where it's a choice mm -hmm. and it's a choice which direction you want to go. And it's okay to be depressed, but it's not okay to let that hold you back and stay there, but it's okay to embrace your emotions and feelings. Um, so if I were to be depressed today, I would say to myself, you know, what can I look forward to? And I would say, okay, like I can look forward to going to the store and getting something that I like, or even just browsing around, you know, or I can be look forward to going for a walk, you know, it's just these, it's just where our mind is going, you know, that we want to put our attention to. I, I hope that's helpful, but that's oh, very, very, very helpful. What, what you touched on a couple of things, you, you touched on the fact that uh, our, our, our attitude or our feelings are really left up to choice. We, it is we who tell ourselves how to feel, not anything externally, it is internally. You touched on that. What I like too is that you touched on gratitude. Uh, and uh, I really truly love that because we tend to take some of the things in our lives for granted. And when we talk about being grateful, it's not only for the big things in life, you know, and what you, what you said about, you know, t just for today, that kind of thing. When I think, what am I grateful for? Well, in the last half hour, I'm grateful to have spent this time with my good friend, Justin. And this, you know, this is a moment of gratitude for me. We have to remind ourselves, and I love what you said about, look forward to something, you know, just plan something and look forward to it and focus on that and not on how badly you might be feeling in the moment, because you can change that. And when you have something to look forward to, it's just an action that takes your mind off your current state. Justin, you have been an absolutely wonderful guest, and I, I am so grateful to you, brother. I really am. And uh, how can people reach you? Uh, how can they uh, connect with you? Because I know that you, you, you coach people and you do a lot for people. You have a great heart. How can people reach you? Well, first of all, I want to appreciate and and recognize you as well. You're an amazing, wonderful human being. 
and I love you, brother, and I respect you, and I receive you, and I thank you, and I love you. Um, and people can reach me on Instagram. You know, my my handle is at the Justin Bucci. Mm -hmm. That's one way to reach me is at the Justin Bucci on Instagram or Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Bucci dot Justin. Um, and my last name is spelled B as in boy, U-C-C-I. So that's one way to reach me or two ways to reach me, I should say. Wonderful. What I'm going to do is I'm going to post those in the show notes, uh, those connections so that people can reach out and actually have a conversation with you or connect with you. And I thank you so much for taking your time and be and for being thank vulnerable. You, and, oh, thank you, you shared a lot of uh, you, sh you were vulnerable today and you shared a lot of uh, your story with us. And it's a reminder to anyone out there who may be struggling. And I'm talking to you listeners. If you are struggling with something, and your life has not gone all that greatly, it can change. And Justin here is proof of that, that you know, felt he went from a felony, uh, being told he was worthless, uh, being told he wouldn't amount to anything, working for like, uh, what, uh, $15,000 a, a year to turning that right around and to being the powerhouse that he is today. So that means that there's hope for each and every one of us. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have thank really, you, you've really blessed us today, my friend. Thank you so much, brother. I love you. Hey, Justin, I just wanted to follow up with you. Actually, you wanted to follow up with me because there's part of your story that you didn't include in our original broadcast. Would you mind sharing that with us now? Yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you, Paul. Um, so there is an important piece to this story that I had uh, had forgotten to mention, but um, I had got complete with my stepfather, you know, before I could move on in my life. I knew that I had to get complete with him. So what I did was I went back with him. I asked him if we can talk. And I remember going outside and saying to him, you know, um, you know, I know that I may have caused trouble growing up as a kid, you know, and I may have not been, you know, the best um, in getting into trouble and things, but I just wanted to let you know, like, you know, I love you. And, uh, and I know you've done a lot for this family. And uh, I started crying in his arms, you know, I, I really started crying and he hugged me and he told me, he told me he loved me. And when he told me he loved me, they made me cry even more. And, and it just felt like all this weight was lifted off of my shoulder. Cause you know, here I, as a child, you know, growing up, he was telling me all these things and now here I am getting complete with it and not letting it hold me back anymore. And him telling me I, he loves me. And now when I see him, I give him a hug and, uh, and it's nice. It's a, it's a really nice feeling, you know, and, and what I learned is that I had to be the one to change because a lot of the times we wait for other people to change. And sometimes that, you know, that's not how life works. You know, we, we have to be the ones to change to see change. And that's what I wanted to add. So thank you. I thank you for adding that because that's a crucial part of the story. Uh, the forgiveness and the fact that, um, not to hold that resentment because it is a dark emotion or it's a dark feeling to do that. And so, yeah, you released all that and uh, look at the two of you now. So sometimes uh, we, we don't understand why a person is the way that they are uh, without knowing what they've gone through in their background. And when you forgave him and, you know, and, and that embracing happened, 
you embraced more than just uh, the fact that you let it go. You embraced the rest of your life, you know, so that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jesse. Thank you, brother. Thank All you. right. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 